Yes. The same way we talk about creatives, right? That don't see what they want to see or want to tell it. That power comes from within you, not from someone else giving you permission or the green light to do you. You don't need mm. no sponsor, no Kickstarter to do you, son. Get out there and hustle. Make a way yep. for yourself. That power comes from within. I say it that way on the micro level, just like I say it to us as a people on a macro mm. level. That true power comes from within. Representation comes from within, not from mm. without. And if you're waiting from without, you're constantly putting yourself in a condition where you're uh, um, at the beckoning call and at the mercy of the decision making of other people, many of who have no good intention for you. So if you're at the mercy of the intention and decision-making of other people who don't even care about you, life is miserable. You understand what I'm saying? And that's where we are in this country, in your country, and as a people all across this, all across the world. Jeez, he picked up the mic and dropped it again. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Bonkai. Senbon Sakura Kage Yoshi Welcome anime fans to the Super Anime Podcast where each week we look to entertain, inspire and inform you on all things anime. Whether you're new to anime or a seasoned veteran, we invite you to come listen, share and laugh with us. We hope every episode ignites your attacky spirit and leaves you feeling super. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Let's start the show. Yes, and welcome, welcome back to another episode of Super Anime Podcast. Now, as you know, Super Lights, we always, always want to bring you the best and brightest in the anime industry, and today is no less. We have an author of 20 books, <laughs> 20 books. I can't even write one book, yeah, <laughs> alone 20 books, a CNN hero nominee and the creator of the anime that will become... Potentially the next biggest thing since Dragon Ball Z, the uh, the Black Lion Cubs. Welcome to the show, Creator Hotep. Hotep, how are you today? Man, I'm great, my brother. As I said earlier, I am buzzing, cousin. I'm feeling <laughs> really good. Yeah. So let's do this thing. Let's do this indeed. Before we get into it, we always, always like to understand people's origin stories. But actually, let me take a step back before that. What is something that someone or people don't know about you um, that you would like to share on the podcast? Mm, that's a good question. Something that people <laughs> don't know about me. Uh, a few things. So, uh, number one uh, is that... Uh, I am actually shy. A lot of people don't know that I'm actually a shy person. Um, and the number two, the second thing is that a lot of people don't know that I'm actually a former kindergarten teacher. And okay. I actually prefer teaching kindergarten to uh, teaching uh, the older children. Because I believe, mm -hmm. like Frederick Douglass once said, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And so, 
wait, wait, can you rewind that? Uh, say that again? Yeah, yeah. Say, say that again? When I heard it, it hit me the same way, my brother. I'll say it again. At you. I'll say it as many times as you want me to. Mm. Frederick Douglass said that it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Mm. And when I heard that statement, man, it, it just struck me to my core like it struck you because we know the truth of that statement, being proactive as opposed to mm-hmm. being reactive and, uh, you know, building people up strong and planting all the things, the nutrients and nourishing that mm. early so that uh, we don't have to do the repair work so much afterwards. Because, you know, once that cement hardens, it's difficult to make uh, any true. changes. So anyway, I believe uh, much. Uh, I believe that's an absolute truth that Frederick Douglass said. And so teaching kindergarten was a very exciting time in my life. I enjoyed it immensely. And uh, that experience is, in addition to what I'm doing with my own children at home, is what helps me craft uh, Black Lion and Cubs, you see? Mm, okay, okay. We'll get into that. Um, wow, that that is a bar. Honestly, I'm going to have to, rem- um, you know, just ponder that line. That is a great, great quote. Yeah, you great, find, so find- true. You'll find plenty more on our IG page at Black Lion and Cubs. On that IG page, I have, you know, so one of the things I do is have <clears throat> Black Lion, I position him as, um, you know, as a very wise character. And so mm-hmm. you'll see different memes and posts with him giving motivational quotes and inspirational ideas. And that one is on the page as well. So you can take it, share it. Uh, actually, I'd appreciate mm. that. That'd be helpful for the brand, you know? Absolutely. We'll put it in our show notes. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely. Like the solid <coughs> of, the, of the Black Lion Cubs. Uh, so back to your origin story then, uh, before we get to Black Lion Cubs. How or how did you get into anime? How did you get into, you know, um, I guess the, the genre, as it were? What was your kind of um, origin story with the, 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 the medium, as it were, of anime? So ultimately, you know, my my origin story of the lore mm. behind Hotep is, is quite simple. I was born in the 70s, but came up in the 80s. And so mm. the 80s was a <clears throat> very exciting time for everything creative, whether it was hip hop music, whether it was mm. video games with the original NES, whether it was cartoons with Voltron and... Um, the original Transformers, uh, Thundercats, Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons, Kung Fu movies at noon on Channel 5. Jeez. Like, you know, I'm going down, <laughs> you know. So my point is, you know, that's the era that I came up in. So, mm. you know, Mega Man, Super Mario Brothers, Big Daddy Kane, KRS-One, yeah. Public Enemy, Frank Miller, Todd McFarlane. Uh, John Ramita Jr. Like, I can go down the list, you see, because <laughs> that's what I know. And, and yeah. you know, I never, I never considered myself to be a nerd. You know, that's not something I'd attribute because in the '80s, being a nerd was not cool at all. There was movies about nerds. You know, saying mm. Revenge of the Nerds came out in the '80s. <laughs> being a nerd was not cool. So, in any case, I'm giving you guys my the, the time and the era that I came up on, uh, came up in, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, that's those were my days of fandom. Those were my days of gaming and collecting and all that kind of stuff. I went to college in the nineties and ninety one. So once ninety one hit and went off to college, all that other stuff ended. You see, I got into business. Mm-hmm. I got into my studies. I got into the girls. I got into you know everything else. You understand other aspects of life. Fast forward to twenty nineteen, I had my first child. You see. 
And so, um, you know, parenthood is what really reinvigorated the creative and nerdy aspects, if you will, of who I am, the fan and collector aspects of who I am. Because as a parent, you know, one of the things that we like to do is share the things we came up on with our children. Mm. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm exposing my children to all the things I just mentioned. And, you know, they like it because daddy likes it. He's showing enthusiasm and passion about it. You know, my children, you ask them about Dr. Wiley, they know about some Dr. Wiley. You understand? And only only fellow, you know, gamers, old school gamers know about Dr. Wiley. In any case, um, you know, so I was exposing my children to that. My niece was living in my basement. So she was sharing some of today's anime with them. And when mm. I looked at, you know, what she was sharing with them, I said, hold on now. Hey, my boys are two and four years old. They don't need to be seeing some of that stuff right there. Yeah. You know, yep. the sexuality and the violence was too ultra. You understand? And mm-hmm. so while I, I like today's anime, uh, you know, it's not appropriate for my children. So I wanted yep. to make yep. sure that, you know, my children would be able to continue to see dope cartoons and the fact that they were attracted to anime just said, well, listen, you know, if you guys like that, daddy can do that. You understand? Mm. And so that's really the whole idea. Daddy can do that. And since I've already been, you know, like I said, in between the 90s and up until 2019, <clears throat> I've been a longtime entrepreneur in the music industry, in the film industry, publishing books. You know, so creating, you know, within the creative arts uh, is nothing new to me. I, you know, I've, I'm always creating. I've been creating for a yeah. long time. So Black Lion and Cubs is just my newest, the newest iteration of my creative uh, visions uh, inspired by my children and, uh, you know, allows me to now uh, visualize and teach and share, you know, the best of our culture through the anime lens now. And so that, that's mm. all I'm doing. I've chosen anime because my kids like it. And uh, that's how it all started. And really... To get even deeper, it started with just me trying to draw, having a picture drawn with me and my sons. That's how it all started. I said, you guys like anime. I wasn't really fully committed on doing a cartoon yet, you see. Mm -hmm. Um, I just started by drawing, having a picture drawn. I commissioned an artist uh, to draw a picture of me and my boys. And from there, it just snowballed into, hey, let's do something else with it. Let's create a cartoon. And then here we are a year later, one year later with all the stuff that you've seen. That's less than a year. It's not even February. That's crazy. And, I, and what struck me, said, so daddy can do it. And it was just more so, okay, I'm gonna, I've got it. I've got an idea and let's go for it and let, let's create it. You know, the fact that you, you, um, you took something which was non-existent, um, put your blood, sweat and tears, your effort and so on and so forth into creating something so new, something for your kids is just admirable and so inspiring. So that is, that is seriously so good. Honestly, I think, there's a lot of people who want to start something but don't start or want to create, but but you've literally, and I'm, I'm sure it's because of your generation when you're born and just more so, like you mentioned, you published 20 books. So you're someone who <laughs> is used to, you know, pulling, um, pushing through and, you know, um, you know, just what's, what's the word, like not stopping and not quitting and just, you know, following through with your actions. So kudos to you on that. I, um, my next question to the, to you on that was, how did you get the name Black Lion Cubs? It sounds very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. So it's actually Black Lion and Cubs. And sorry, and Cubs. Apologies. Yeah. yeah. Apologies. Um, yeah. Interesting story. So again, everything, for the most part, every answer that I give you is going to either have an origin in the 80s 
or it's going to have an origin with my children, right? These are the two focal points that have converged to create Black Lion and Cubs, right? So the name Black Lion and Cubs uh, comes from a few different things. Number one, in the 80s, as a comic book collector, one of the comics I started collecting because I followed the artist Frank Miller was mm-hmm. a, 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 a comic that he was drawing called Lone Wolf and Cub, right? Lone mm. Wolf, Lone being alone, Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf and Cub was a story about a Japanese samurai who basically lost his master, lost everything, lost his wife, you understand? And um, had to, I don't even know where he was going, you know? And in every story, though, he had a carriage and he would push his son through, you know, the forest and through the, 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 yeah. You know, the thunder and the lightning and the snow. He was always just pushing his son. I, you know, the funny thing is, I never even really remember reading um, Lone Wolf and Cub. I just liked the whole visual. Actually, my father, ill thing is my father used to collect Lone Wolf and Cub. That, damn, I didn't even think about that. My father, because he was into Japanese and, and Asian cultures, Chinese culture as well, and he studied mm. Aikido, he used to collect Lone Wolf and Cub. So I used to, I remember flipping through the comics and um, just liking the, the visual of this samurai, you know, looking real serious and, you know, just, you know, being being a total, you know, just gee, gangster mm. with it, you know, but protecting yeah. his son against, you know, all enemies and his even teaching his son how to, um, you know, to protect himself. So um, when I saw the image that I had commissioned with me and my two boys, that it kind of brought up that that visual of a father protecting his children. So mm. when I saw the visual of me and my sons, and then it just, you know, flashed back to the image when I was thinking of the name black, um, you know, for a name, I thought about lone wolf and Co. Uh, then I remembered, then the other thing is I had to incorporate, uh, you know, elements of who we are. And so, you know, in, in African culture and, and, uh, and Jamaican culture is often an, 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 a, a, a lineage or a, a linkage between the lion, right? The, the mm-hmm. lion being the king of the jungle, um, the lion being fierce, a fierce warrior, a protector, all those different things. And then also the lion having the mane, right? So, you know, in, in past relationships, you know, I've been called lion because of my hair, I, you know, having the mane, and my faceless looking kind of, I don't know, maybe I have a, a face that looks like a, a lion. I've heard it several <laughs> times that I, I look like a lion. So, um, I took those ideas, you know, the, the African culture, the fact that I've been called lion before because of the hair and such and the mane and all of that. And so I came up with black lion and obviously a lion has cubs. And mm-hmm. so there we go. Black lion and cubs is where the, the name came from as a result of all those those different things. Now, I like that because um, we take inspirations from so many different places. And I love that you kind of like continued your lineage by, you know, taking influences from your father I know, appreciate that, you know, it was the lone wolf and cub, but it's just more so, whether it was deliberate or not, you know, your father, you know, being very much um, uh, liking and infatuated with lone wolf and cub, and then you take an end cub and then adding it to your black lion and cub, it's just like, for me anyway, that's where I saw the link, but I I, I like that. I, I like that piecing together. In terms of the actual anime then, let's get into it. How, what was the first steps? Like you said, it's been nearly or um, a year or just under a year. You said, all right, I'm going to do this. What was the first steps into creating this anime? Um, so the first 
the step for me was the the storyline, right? Mm. So, uh, well, even before the storyline was the development of the characters. Character, I'm a big, you know, movie head. I'm big into movies and uh, and I appreciate all the dynamics that are required to make a movie, you know, become good, right? Because mm-hmm. you can have great actors, but if you have bad writing, it's a bad movie, right? Yeah. You could have Very bad, true. you could have great writing and actors, but poor delivery, you know, mm-hmm. or bad effects, you know. So there's a lot of different things. All too many, so many things have to come together to converge for a perfect storm in order for a film to to be good, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I appreciate that process. One of the things that I'm very sensitive to is character development. You know, understand like uh, several times I've watched movies and I, you know, I've been disappointed or you know really excited about a movie because of the char- the way characters are developed, well developed, interesting stories, in- interesting back, you know, interesting dynamics of what a character, a person can be. And so the the first step for me was in the character development, not just the outfits. You know, saying outfits was one thing, but then the question was, okay, what were these characters' personalities going to be like, mm-hmm. right? And of course, I drew inspiration from myself and my own kids. But uh, I, you know, a year ago, my children were only three and one, so they didn't have, you know, their personality wasn't fully formed. That could only yeah, formed, capture yeah. elements. So, um, you know, ultimately, th- that was the first step: the development of. The, the, the characters, the background story of these characters, what their personalities were going to be. And so for Black Lion and Cubs, because it's a family-friendly brand, I want to say that first and foremost, a family-friendly mm-hmm. anime brand, um, I wanted to position the father. Uh, I, want, I wanted to position, position the father as a, a, a guide, not as a fighter, you know, as a protector, and a provider, mm. but not as uh, not in the way of protecting physically, but more with wisdom, with uh, with um, with knowledge and direction. Although the, the series is called Black Lion and Cubs, Black Lion is secondary to the Cubs. The Cubs are actually the main characters in my stories. Um, and that's partially because I like the dynamics of two characters playing off of each other you see mm. um in this case the two boys and so you know with, with two different personalities how they mesh how they clash at different times and how they develop over time so that was really the first step the development of the characters once i decided once i had a good idea of what the characters were going to be like then i went into storyline and then from storyline animation mm. there we go no, no, that's thanks so much. I know we've had um, discussions around, you know, uh, anime in general and what what aspects of the um, the medium, as it were, do we prefer most? Is it storyline? Is it is it anime characters? Is it the plot? Is it the scenery? And I think to your point, everything needs to mesh together in order to get your, I guess, your perfect, not perfect, but yeah, your perfect dish, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, you can't just have a great storyline and like rubbish looking characters, or you can't have great looking characters with no personality. Um, it all has to mesh. And once you, once you like have it all click into place, you have a beautiful thing that you can then present to the world. I've um, I've watched the trailer and I've seen the clips of the actual anime, anime, sorry, of the actual anime, Black Lion and Cubs. And, one thing that was distinct, and I know um, I've seen that interview as well, um, that you've done is you've kind of made it retro. Again, 
harking back to your influences and your inspirations. Uh, but I want, wanted you to discuss more about that in terms of why you wanted to make it look like a more 80s style kind of um, looking anime. Was it just because of your influences or was it to distinguish yourself um, against all the kind of animes that are currently out at the moment? You, you already hit on it, my brother. There's a few different reasons why <laughs> I went with retro. So number mm. one, retro is all I know. 80s, you know, like if, if I was going to make music today, it would sound like 80s hip hop. You understand? Mm. Because my days of fandom were the 80s. So I don't mm. know what's happening in hip hop today. I don't know what's happening in anime today, comedy. I don't know because I'm, I, I don't indulge myself in that, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm indulged in other things and, and actually my business and creation. So I'm not really mm-hmm. focused on what other people are doing. I focus on what I do. So mm-hmm. the first reason why it's retro is because retro is what I know. Those are the, the, That's my reference point for everything, right? Um, everything great and classic, if you will, 80s. Uh, the second thing is, uh, because I'm a businessman, one of the things that I uh, focus on is uh, the development of a brand, right? Not just I'm not just a comic book creator. I'm not just an anime creator and you know and visionary. I'm a businessman as well. The imp- one of the important aspects of a, of a solid business is having an identifiable brand, something unique, mm. something distinguishable. And so one yeah. of the ways I decided to distinguish myself from what other people are doing is number one having a family-friendly anime brand. I'm very clear about that. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people, they don't want family-friendly. They want blood, guts, and sexuality. Well, Black Lion and Cubs ain't for them, and I'm okay with that. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. It's family-friendly. That separates me from 90% plus of people in the yeah. anime space, right? Number two, all my characters are Black, and, and my heroes are Black. So, mm-hmm. again, that differentiates me, again, from another 90% of the industry mm-hmm. um and then three the animation styles and i have multiple styles for um uh, anime anime styles for black lion and cubs uh but for each series because i have i have three series right now two are completed the third is in development if uh, for a person to watch any series they'll notice that the art style is, is very different it's all retro but it's different you know retro art styles and um that's on purpose because as you as you've heard, you know, Black Lion and Cubs is still very new. And so I haven't committed yet to which style I wanna stick with. You see? Mm-hmm. Is it gonna be the Dragon Ball Z style? Maybe, maybe not. You know, we'll, we'll see how people respond to it. Uh number two, I have another style that's more like uh I, I, it's more like a Voltron style, right? Um and see Voltron. In the 80s, we didn't call it anime. It was just cartoons. And we, we didn't even know mm-hmm, the term existed mm-hmm. anime. Um, but yeah, the second version, the second one is more like a Voltron. Uh, and the third, I'm not going to talk about the third, the second, the third one. Yeah. <laughs> so in any case, to your point, uh, I wanted to go 80s and stick with a retro style because it differentiated me from 90% of everybody who's trying to have the highest and the best and all, you know, they're trying to do the fanciest stuff. Go ahead mm-hmm. with that, you know. But see, what happens is, when when you follow the industry way of doing things, you become dime a dozen. No matter how good mm. it is, you become dime a dozen because everybody is doing the same thing. You all have Japanese characters. You all have Japanese names. You all use Japanese character. You know the the the, the language, right? The the, the the spelling, the words. Yeah. You use yeah, those, yeah. yeah. So you all Kanji. do that. Yeah. You all have you know. So 
and you all have these graphics that look like this, that, and the other. Great. It's beautiful. Let me say that. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But after a point, it all becomes the same. It all looks the same. It's not distinguishable. So you can either blend in or you can stand out, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I believe in being outstanding, always outstanding. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, dime a dozen. I want to be the diamond in the rough. You see, mm. that's what Black Lion and Cubs is. It's the diamond in the rough because you will not find it's the only family friendly, right? Retro style anime brand with black characters. The only mm. one. The I'm by myself on an island right now. But see, what's <laughs> going to happen is a tr I'm going to start a trend. You see, yeah. because other people yeah. are going to see it and they say, oh, that's a good idea. I mean, I'm already hearing from other people. Oh, that's a great idea. I see how you created. Oh, you created this too. So my point is, you know, because I'm out, I'm outside of the, I'm an outsider mm. now in this industry, everything that I do is going to be countercultural. Everything yeah. I do is because I don't know what the industry does. So um, that gives me an advantage. Uh, in many ways, because I'm going to continue to stand out. That's part of the reason why we've been ascending as quickly as we have. Again, Black mm. Lion and Cubs is less than a year old, and we have accomplished more than most people will ever accomplish in a lifetime. Think about that for a moment. Yeah. I, I'll say that again. I'm not, and put someone challenge me on it, right? <laughs> All you challenge me on is in less than a year, we have accomplished with Black Lion and Cubs more than what most people will do. In a lifetime, and that's a challenge. That's not that's not a brag. You know, what I'm saying mm. I'm not I'm not capping, right? <laughs> right? right? That's a challenge to everybody to get on your hustle. Don't mm. let this 50 year old man out hustle you. You understand? <laughs> get on yours. I just yo, know, I came out the gate one year ago. You've been in the anime all your life. Shame, shame on you. Same what you've been writing and dreaming about the oil and you still haven't done nothing? Come on. That's a challenge. Mm. That's not to, you know, hope, hopefully somebody doesn't feel bad about what I said. I'm yeah, challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm challenging. And, and we can talk about that because I do workshops all the time to help people. In fact, I'm working on mm -hmm. a class. I'm working on a, um, a, a class that people can, you know, can purchase and I'll take them step by step. To show them how mm. I'm able to do this in such a short amount of time. That's another conversation. So that's a long answer to your short question of retro because that's what I know. It gives me competitive advantage and it's cheaper. Ah, mm. yeah. So another thing is a lot of people, you know, part of the reason why they don't have, you know, an anime or a cartoon or any kind of animation is because it's so expensive and they're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, people charge... Mm -hmm. A hundred dollars a second, huh? Yeah, so that might yeah, be on the yeah. low end, right? A mm -hmm. hundred dollars mm -hmm. a second. Now, how many people you know can afford a hundred dollars per second of animation? Not many people, you see. But when you go with older styles, older technology, and things of that nature, you start to find that you know what those things don't cost as much. You see? Mm. So not only are you able to, and I'm giving game right now, I, you should charge yeah, for yeah. class. <laughs> I'm, you, should, yeah, you should charge because you know what? That, that's game right there. Because somebody's going to hear that and say, oh, I got you, Hotep, and they're going to start. You know, you yeah. So, but my point is, yeah. Um, so that's part, that's the third thing that uh, enables me to do work, uh, you know, the work that I do because I, I doing retro and going back, it's, it's less, it tends to be less expensive. 
Ah, I thought I thought given um, you know how usually things are more expensive because the technology has probably gone away um, and things more so ubiquitous now in terms of current technology. I would have thought it was more expensive, but uh, that's really good insight. Very very good insight. Um, look, as we say on your Super Anime Podcast, we're always bringing you the best and brightest, and we definitely have a, a brightest in the room here. So, thank you so much for sharing game here. You know, there's a um, there's a book uh, called Lean Startup by Eric Reese. Again, I won't go into all the business and stuff like that, but I think to your point, just having an MVP, a minimal viable product or minimal viable um, service, as it were, in your case, it was just more so about how can I get this off the ground? How can I make this a reality? I mentioned it in this, this in the beginning. To do what you've done in less than a year, like you mentioned, and it's not a, it's not a brag, it's just to showcase that you can do it. Um, and like, like you said, there are so many people who have dreams, who have are very talented, but we all know that hard work works talent, talent works hard work. You know, you need both. You can't just have one. If you're going to really make it, you need both. And I think, um, as it always says, you know, the tortoise and the hare, you know, the tortoise was potentially slower, but he took, it was consistent. It was, it was grafting all the time. And that's what we need to do. And you listening right now, whatever your dream is, whatever you want to do, just keep going. The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. And we all know that the hardest thing to do is the first step. You know, people always say, I need to go to the gym. I need to go. But they don't go into the gym. But when they get in there, they feel better after. So it's just taking that first step. So thank you so much for sharing that knowledge. Um, in terms of the next, so we've talked about the characters. One thing you touched upon, and I did, I was going to touch upon this but let's, uh, later, but let's go into this now. Representation. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was thinking this, well, you guys have got a great gap in the market. You spotted the gap in the market, as you mentioned, those three things, eighties, family friendly, um, and black as well. How important, given you also as a kindergarten teacher before, how important is representation? Yeah, well, you know, representation is extremely important, but I want to make sure that I put representation in a different context than most people. Right. Mm. So most people, when they talk about diversity, equity and representation, they're speaking about it from a position of powerlessness, meaning they're asking or hoping a, a group of people to represent them in the, what they do. Mm. You understand? In America, you know, for example, you know, we have the, the, the majority there's still, you know, the majority. Uh, in media is white people, you know, that, that run, that running things. Right. And so we, as African-Americans typically use the term representation as from a position of powerlessness saying, Hey guys, Hey white people, please represent us in what you create. You understand? Fair enough. That is not, that. Mm -hmm. that is not the position that I come from. And I want to make sure that I'm clear about that. You will never hear me use the term representation and please diversify. And you now, nah, because I'm not no beggar. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, and I don't mm-hmm. expect other people to represent me. That's not their job. That's not their responsibility. If That's anything, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do, which is represent mm-hmm. themselves. Because mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. all empowered people do. When a person understands their true power, when a person understands their true responsibility that goes along with the power, shout out to Spider-Man, right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. But when a person understands their power and understands their responsibility as a result of having that power, 
they know that part of their responsibility is to represent the best of themselves. Correct. Right? That's what that's okay. what empowered people do. But when you suffer from a slave mentality, when you suffer from a slave mindset or a poverty mindset, then what you do is you don't recognize your own innate power and you put that responsibility on other people. You understand? Mm. And so that's why you hear, please, you know, please master, please white man, please Disney, please Netflix, represent us in what you create. The real language should be, oh, I see what Disney, Netflix, and all these other, and, and anime is doing, all the studios. I see what they're doing. They're representing themselves like they should. Mm-hmm. We need to represent ourselves just as well and just as intentionally as other mm-hmm. cultures do themselves. That's what the empowered mind says. That's what the master mind says. That's what Black Lion and Cubs say. That's what Hotep. <laughs> says you understand what <laughs> yeah, yeah. so let me be clear that when we use the term representation on this side of things here at black lion and cubs it's mm. you know, represent yourself it's represent yourself and do you decide what vehicle what lane where you want to represent you know where, where you want to represent yourself so for example i'm very clear about this i recognize after anime is a japanese art form Mm-hmm. I have chosen to represent blackness, black mm. culture, black excellence through that lens, through that vehicle, right? And I'm shaking things up and making people mad every time I do it because they don't want to see us. They want to see themselves. But hey, mm. you can't stop me. You understand what I'm saying? The same way you can't stop someone else you know, from representing themselves through hip hop, mm-hmm. which is a black mm-hmm. culture. You know, mm-hmm. so then you. Mm-hmm. So my point is, representation is extremely important, but representation starts with self. You represent yourself, and you understand mm. that that's your power and your responsibility to do so. Not to sit around asking and waiting other people to do that for you. I'm done with that. Let me just drop the mic there. Okay. Jeez! Yo, you are putting us on game today. Honestly, I had never thought of it. And you know, I I had said that in um we've had some other guests as well uh and talking about representation, but I'd never thought about representation in that sense where, you know, it's on incumbent on you to represent yourself. I've always said like we should be ace, we shouldn't be knocking on people's doors. We should be creating the doors, right? You know, um, to your point, anime is a Japanese medium and they're going to do what they know. It's their culture. You know, you can't go and then tell them, hey, you need to put us in there. You know, they they may rep- misrepresent you and they have in, in, in previous, you know, you can't blame them for trying to do something that they don't necessarily understand or have a full knowledge of. Exactly. And then when they do it, you know, you start complaining. So, but I didn't see in that lens, you know, you kind of like kind of shifted it for me. And I, I see what you're saying now. I'm I'm, I'm going to be more conscious now when I say representation, because you're right. We should be representing ourselves as opposed to trying to lean on another industry or person or people to represent us in their specific world or yeah. in their specific reality. Let me no, give you that, a quick example. What I'm waiting for right now. And if, if, and if I don't see it, if I get the opportunity, I'm just going to be, be the one to have to create it. Right mm-hmm. is the black version of a Harry Potter type story. Right, we have legends, we have mm-hmm. 
mythology. You understand? We have the mm -hmm. original legend and mythology. We created mythology and legend, right? Why have not Black Studios, Tyler Perry's and Denzel Washington's and Oprah Winfrey's and Jay-Z's and LeBron James, mm. right? Why have they not gotten together yet and said, you know what, let's create our own action fantasy based off of our culture, our mythology, our legends, our heroes. Why have we not done that yet? What we do is say, oh, oh, look, there's a black guy in Harry Potter. Yay. Oh, there's a black. You see, that's what we do. And again, that's mm. that's 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 the, that's the position of powerlessness and the the mindset of, uh, of, of, of that's the poverty mindset. You understand mm. that even in our country, as much as we have millionaires and billionaires in the United States, we still speak that way. We haven't seen beyond that. So I'm going to challenge all those people I just named. You know what? When are we going to get together and create our own? Instead of just hopping in other people's movies and hope that they you know maybe we put in a, a an actor there, I'm a, it's a challenge. I'm just challenging them. You mm. know what I'm saying? Because otherwise, it's you know anyway. I'm done. That so my point is, this is um, my challenge. To, this is what I'm doing, Mister mm -hmm. the mission mm -hmm. that I'm on. Mm -hmm. And by my example, I'm working on proving to the world that it can be done. And that's the reason why I've chosen Dragon Ball Z as the standard bearer for anime. I, be honest, I've never even watched an episode of Dragon Ball Z. Never, never watched because it came out. It, it became popular in the states in the '90s, and I told you I was in college mm -hmm. in the '90s, so I was done with it. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm familiar with Dragon Ball Z because it's that big of a deal. You understand? Mm -hmm. Like it's that gangster that it's in the consciousness of everybody in the United States now. So when I think mm -hmm. of anime, Dragon Ball Z is the, is a standard bearer, and that's why I've targeted them as to say, you know what? That's the mission. Let's See, go the next that. biggest yeah. thing since Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, that. Thank you so much for for breaking that down. When we think about just moving on to Black Lion and Cubs, what do you want? What do you want people to feel when they watch it? What do you want people to? And I know you've kind of touched upon um, certain aspects of it, but just when what what does someone what should someone expect? As family friendly. Um, is it a case where you want um, parents to be watching it with their kids or just kids in general or even just adults as well? Like what's the kind of target audience and how do you want them to feel when watching it? I want, um, so I use the term family friendly because I've created Black Lion and Cubs in a way that parents can be able to watch this series with their children and feel confident that it's nothing's going to be inappropriate. They don't have to hide mm. their eyes or explain extra stuff like, oh, that's weird. You know, mm -hmm. it's something that's they can sit down confidently and, um, you know, know it's appropriate for their children. But also because it's it references aspects of African culture and um, places mm -hmm. throughout the continent. It, it's also designed if a parent is conscious enough uh, to, you know, uh, let children, you know, to have a conversation about, hey, you know what, there is a place, you know, Luxor is an actual place. Let's find a map and let's turn this into a lesson. Now, let's find a map and see where Luxor is. Or, you know, he, he referenced, you know, King Khufu. King Pharaoh Khufu was actually a real person. Let's do, you know, especially if you're a parent that, uh, if, you're a, if you're a black parent, hopefully, you know, you're saying, hey, let me t use the opportunity to teach my children about African culture, some of the mm. best of African culture, help them remind them that, uh, Egyptians in you know 5000 BC looked like me and you, not like mm. the Greeks that they put in 
right? You see, because again, every time, let me, let me, let me break this down for anybody that has any problem about e ancient Egypt, okay? Let's be clear, okay? For anybody that has a problem about, you know, the depiction of black, uh, you know, people who look like me and you in, in e Egyptian, you know, uh, in ancient Egypt, let's be clear that ancient Egyptians, uh, 5,000 BC, 4,000, 3,000, 2,000, 1,500 BC look like you and I without question. Okay. It wasn't until after, okay. It wasn't until after, you know, 500 BC when the Greeks started coming into Egypt mm. and, you know, taking over that the cross section or the Europeans started, you know, the, the bloodline started getting mm -hmm. mixed up and the people started looking lighter skin. The hair started looking fairer. So what you mm -hmm. see is today, again, this is what white people do, right? We, white, white people will represent themselves. So when white people tell stories about ancient Egypt, they like to put themselves in the story because they talk about ancient Egypt during the time, right? Or they're trying to reference times where they were present, right? Mm. Where Europeans were present, where you know, Europeans were present. But there was a time, so it's just like this, right? You think about uh, America, United States of America, 2,000 years ago. You ain't see not a white face in here, right? 2,000 years ago, you know that the United States of America had Native Americans and African people that traveled over here, right? There were no Europeans mm. over here on this continent, you see? Now, Correct. that's 2,000 years ago. You look at it now, you, you know, all you see is white people. So my point is, you know, the, the Egyptians that you see today in Egypt, do not look like the people that were there 5,000 years ago. You understand? Now, that's a lesson that has to be taught. That's something that has mm. to be remembered. And so when I tell the story of a, a black lion and cubs, of course, you see characters that look like me and you. And it's important for our children, right? Our children to know that it, those characters look like those, you know, that those people that built those pyramids, man, right? Mm. Look like you. Look like mm. me. Not like these people that, you know, people, you know, not, not the whitewashing that occurs, you see? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and, 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 and you know what? It's so funny that you asked me this question because I took my children to an, a, a, an ancient Egyptian exhibit just yesterday. And man, it made me so proud. <laughs> man, it made me so proud when we were watching the show, uh, watching one of their, their videos. And, um, you know, they, they talk about the Valley of the Kings. And my sons look at me. Valley of the Kings, you know, because they remember that from Black Lion and Cub. Mm. We talk about the Valley of the Kings in the storyline, right? Or, um, you know, Queen Isis, right? Or, mm. um, you know, another one was, uh, uh, oh, Anubis. So Anubis is one of the characters. And so uh, I walked over my son to one of the uh, images and he said, hey, that's Anubis. So my point is, this is two years old, you know, mm. two and four years old. So my point is, it's family friendly and designed, hopefully, for parents to be able to, you know, look at it and, you know, build upon the cartoon series instead of just, you know, watching it and moving on. But, you know, use it as an opportunity to, you know, have a good conversation about history or um, building confidence. Because a lot of the themes that are in Black Lion and Cubs are about building confidence, self-esteem, remembering that the power, true power comes from within. That, my friend is one of the biggest lessons that I want people to take away from the whole series of Black Lion and Cubs is the mm. remembrance that true power always comes from within on the micro level as well as on the macro level. So as an individual, 
when things are not going right in your life, remember that you have the power to change it. You were born with it. Yes. The same way we talk about creatives, right? That don't see what they want to see or want to tell it. That power comes from within you, not from someone else giving you permission or the green light to do you. You don't need mm. no sponsor, no Kickstarter to do you. Son, get out there and hustle. Make a way yep. for yourself. That power comes from within. I say it that way on the micro level. Just like I say it to us as a people on a macro mm. level, that true power comes from within. Representation comes from within, not from mm. without. And if you're waiting from without, you're constantly putting yourself in a condition where you're uh, um, at the beckoning call and at the mercy of the decision making of other people, many of who have no good intention for you. So if you're at the mm. mercy of the intention and decision-making of other people who don't even care about you, life is miserable. You understand what I'm saying? And that's where we are in this country, in your country, and as a people all across this, all across the world. Jeez, he picked up the mic and dropped it again. <laughs> hey, it's a Sunday, my brother. I'm preaching. <laughs> I can tell you're a teacher, man. I, I hope Superlights, I hope you guys are taking notes. Honestly, this is some serious, serious game. Thank you. Oh, there's so much a process there. Honestly, wow. Well, look Just at this. How about wow. this? I, got a, I, I promised my wife that I was going to make it to church today. And it's already 12 o'clock on my side. And I got to get run down and get, get to this church. So how about this? How about we do a part two? Because I got plenty. Mm. Like you can tell I can talk all day. Right. <laughs> and I'm hoping that this part one sparks a lot of controversy, a lot of questions mm. from your audience, um, you know, questions and such. I'll be happy to answer them. We can do it live if you want. Um, so mm -hmm. how about this? How about we just you know close this as a part one and say we're going to mm -hmm. do a part two and, and then schedule that as well. Does that sound OK with you? That's absolutely fine. Before you go, we need to get people to be watching Black Lion and Cubs. So before you go, where can they go and watch it? So Black Lion and Cubs, the anime series is only on one place. And I'm very proud about this. You, if, if you like anything that I said, just do me this one favor. You don't have to give me nothing. Go to blackeducationstation.com. Blackeducationstation.com. That's the only place that you'll find the anime. It's not on YouTube. It's nowhere else. It's not on Netflix. Not on, it's on Black Education Station dot com mm. or the app is on all the app. it's just like netflix my hope it's mm -hmm. it's just like netflix but it's black owned all the content is created by black people so on and so forth and uh i'm, I'm proud to be a part of that supporting black excellence me black line and cubs uh, on ig that's the only place i really respond to if you want to connect with me at black line and cubs on ig or the website black line and cubs dot com but there's nothing there for you to do you know what i'm saying so Black mm. Education Station is where you can watch it. And we'll put a show um, a link to in our show notes for sure. Hotep, honestly, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for bringing your flair, your wisdom, creativity, and giving us a sense of who we are in terms of letting us think introspectively. I think I'm definitely thinking a lot more introspectively now after this conversation and can't wait for part two. So we're definitely going to, Definitely going to set that up and uh, hope Superlights, maybe we can do a live q and I'm not too sure yet, but for sure, I'm sure that they're going to gain a lot of value from this. And their mind, my mind's racing, so I'm sure theirs is as well. Great. So thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Go, 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 go and support. Please go and help a brother out. Go and support like you support here, Black Line and Cubs. 
it's an amazing, amazing um, piece of work. And I know there's going to be even greater things to come. Like you mentioned, it's going to be the next Dragon Ball Z. So get in from the start. That's right. All right. Thanks, everyone. Till next time. Peace. Peace.